In episode 36 of MobyCast, we look ahead to reInvent 2018 and discuss what to expect, as well as offer a few practical tips to get the most value. Welcome to MobyCast, a weekly conversation about containerization, Docker, and modern software deployment. Let's jump right in. Welcome, Chris and Rich, to another episode of MobyCast. Hi, John. Hi, Rich. Hey. Hey, hey. So, Rich, let's, let's hear what you've been up to this week. Uh, finishing up a, a, a district website, recreation district website. That's turned out pretty good. So I've been pretty much focused on that for the last, probably for the last five days or so. Um, that's super fun because you live over two hours away from me, but the website recreation district that you've been working on is for the one that I live in. So this is going to impact me. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I used to live there too. So um, right. it's not a far reach for me working on the project, but um, yeah, that's fun. It's, it's coming to an end and we're, you know, we're starting to get a couple, you know, requests for, you know, sometimes agencies will, will, I don't know, dilly dally. And then the next thing you know, they, they have to get stuff done by the end of the year and they haven't started. And so we're starting to get a lot of those, Oh my God, can you help us requests, which are nice because we can charge a lot, but at the same time, it's like, do I really want to <laughs> like run into the new year with that much stress? So I'm debating because I, I had a I had a revenue goal that we might come up shy on. So if I do these extras, I'll definitely pass it. But to what, you know? Got to do it, Rich. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Chris, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, just busy, busy, busy. Just uh, kind of working on uh, reorganizing my team um, to... Uh, reduce some of my uh my overhead so introducing a new team member um now have uh three different product teams for a particular client and just uh getting that all slotted together and and working and that's been a multi-month project and it seems like it's coming together so pretty happy with that yeah um and also learning how to draw architecture diagrams um and studying for my next AWS certification exam, which I'm taking in a few days. Fantastic. Um, and I also am studying for a certification exam. I'll be taking my first one um, at reInvent, which is the topic of this show. So we're going to talk about AWS reInvent that's coming up at the end of November. And both Chris and I will be there and we're both super excited to go. And, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you may be going or you may not be. So I would, I would say if you're going, you probably already are starting to put together a game plan, but maybe we'll have some information for you that could be useful. Um, and if you're not going, then probably by the end of this, you'll have such bad FOMO that next year you're definitely going to go. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump right in. You know, let's just say quickly, Chris, give a quick overview. What is this thing? What, what's the point of it and, and how big is it and all that good stuff? Yeah, so as far, as far as technical conferences go, um, this is one of the biggest ones out there. Um, it's uh, it's been going on now for I think four or five four or five years, um, and last year was the first one that I actually went to. It's been on my 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 list to to go to this one, and finally did go last year for the first time. And I was I was definitely blown away by just the sheer size of it. So. It was over 40,000 attendees. The content was spread over three separate venues there in Las Vegas along the Strip. And, um, you know, that sounds, uh, that seems kind of reasonable, right? But the Vegas Strip, um, you know, a couple blocks away is actually 45 minutes worth of walking. So to at one, at, at one end of the Strip was the Venetian. Um, at the other one was MGM Grand. And 
And then it had the Aria in between those two. And, and that's a 45 minute walk from one to the other. So very large scale, um, just tons of just material and content, just thousands of sessions to go to that are just packed in over, over a period of, of five days. Um, so it really is kind of like drinking from the, from the fire hose. They have introductory level content and all the way up to really advanced level content. So, so really something for, for everyone. And if you are, if you are into cloud computing, if you are into, especially AWS, like this is the conference to go to, to, to just really learn it. It's, it's a great opportunity to learn about stuff, go deeper on stuff that you already know, and then also to be exposed to, to, to new things and, and, and um, other tangential areas. You know, you were just talking about who maybe should go and it's sort of like any customer of AWS that, that uses it plus any AWS practitioner or developer. So, so companies that use, you know, or people that get into to AWS to make stuff in it. So that list, <laughs> I think within a couple more years, might just be everybody in the planet. So basically, if you live on the planet, you probably are using AWS and would would benefit from reInvent. I mean, there's just, the list is just, there's not anybody that couldn't benefit from going to it, I guess is what I'm saying. So I guess let's talk a little bit about what kind of stuff is there, what kind of talks are there, what kind of, like, how it's organized, how it's set up. Um, not geographically, not like, you know, how many hotels and stuff, but like, what, what are the things that they do? Is it going to rooms and listening to people speak? Um, what kind of stuff is it? Yeah. And, and it, there are many different types of, of sessions and events that are going on ranging from things like parties or, um, you know, after hours type stuff. There's the keynote sessions, um, which are, um, pretty, pretty amazing and actually interesting, um, entertaining keynote sessions that they have. Um, and then the actual technical content, um, which is kind of broke broadly. There's four different categories of the, of, of that content. And so you have, you know, the first one would be sessions. And so these are the lecture style, um, traditional breakout sessions where there's some topic, you have an expert that's one or two experts that are been, you know, presenting that material lecture style. And then sometimes they will have, um, depending on how long the, the, the content goes, they may or may not have some time for some Q and A at the end. Usually it doesn't work out that way. Usually there's so much material that they, they end up taking almost the full 60 minutes. It feels like. And Chris will um, probably attend a couple of those and then end up breaking them down, um, in MobiCast, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And those, those range top, they cover all topics at all levels. So, um, there's, uh, I think this year in the catalog, they, they break things out into spread over about 25 different topics. I think, um, you know, things like serverless and analytics and security and identity, um, databases, containers. Um, so Topics like that. There, there's probably at least 20, 25 topics. Um, and right, uh, I was going to say, don't start reading that list. It was real <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, yeah, different, you know, ranging from 200 level all the way up to 400 level um, material. So those are sessions. That's definitely the, the meat and potatoes of the content. 
Um, that's the, the bulk of, of what these sessions are. Um, and then uh, a second um, vehicle for the content are the Chalk Talks. Um, and these are relatively new. I think they introduced these actually maybe last year. And what they are, um, definitely much smaller sessions. Um, you have uh, an AWS expert that is gives basically a 10 to 15 minute um, talk about the particular topic. And then after that, the, re- the remaining 45 minutes or so are just spent um, doing Q&A with, with the audience and kind of getting up at a, at, a, at a whiteboard and doing things real time. So very, very interactive. So if you have, um, you know, if you're using AWS or, um, you know, stuck on some sort of issue or you, you want to know maybe there's a better way of doing it, like these are great sessions to go to go attend because you can, you know, um, ask those kinds of questions and, and brainstorm with, 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 with experts. So in a way it's kind of like, you know, free expert level consulting engineering um, right there on the spot. A third one are the they have workshops. So these are these are two hour workshops um, sessions. So they're really just hands on session. Bring your laptop. It'll be on a particular you know again particular um, objective for that that workshop. The instructor will will set it up with a ten to fifteen minute um, overview, and then after that you'll break off um, into groups and uh, you know work on whatever it is that you're you're going to be building during that workshop. So maybe it's like to you know you're going to set up a dynamo db system with some tables and some keys and properties in there and, and uh, maybe wire up with some api gateway calls so you actually have like an end-to-end kind of application running and you know type type things so those kinds of material sorry to interrupt just to, to make it more clear one of the one one of the examples i saw was building a like a translation um oh i forgot the name of it but when you when you speak and then and then AWS transcribes your your speech and then translates it to another language and then and then transmits it back out as as spoken word, like one of the ones was to build something that did that. Um, right. Yeah. That's an example of something you might build. It looked like yeah. it looked kind of fun. Oh yeah, you can build that in two hours. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so those are the workshops. Just realize those are double, basically double sessions. So they're two hours instead of the normal sixty minutes. Um, and so something to take into account when you're building out your schedule in the, in the, in the catalog. And then the fourth one are these, um, this is a, a kind of, again, something that's a bit more new. It's they they call them builder sessions. Um, and these are really, um, they're, they're, they're one hour long. Um, they're kind of like a mini workshop. Um, so you, you have small groups there. I think they're up to like, you know, five, five, um, attendees with one, one facilitator and um, you spent, you, you have a short explanation again, or a demonstration of what it is you're going to build. And then you spend the rest of the time building that um, uh, and getting that help along the way from the, from the person that's facilitating that, that, that session. Um, So one hour you build something pretty cool. um, And and it's a much more intimate, smaller, smaller environment. And so those types of sessions, you and I were talking about this earlier because I was trying to figure out what I should do and you were telling me what you were going to do. Um, and just, I think it really, your your job role plays a big role in what you should do. So Chris is the VP of technology at Kelsis and you, you know, make a lot of architectural decisions. You design a lot of software. You, you do a lot of AWS work yourself, um, make sure that things are set up the way they should be and help people with setting things up. So you just need 
just downright content. You need to know what's going on in AWS and know how to use it and be an expert at it. So I think you're, you're going to probably end up going to a lot of sessions, right? Correct. Yeah. Because that's the most information per minute that you can get, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking for myself, you know, some of those may make sense, especially if they're particularly interesting. But as somebody who's more sales and marketing focused, spending my entire AWS reInvent inside sessions is a great way for me to not be seen and not meet people. So I was thinking that for the a lot of the things that I do, I should go to smaller things like Chalk Talks or um, actually really Chalk Talks a lot because that gives me a chance to meet people and interact with them in a, in a group setting in a more natural way than walking around a conference floor and trying to like strike up a conversation with a random person, which is always a little awkward. And in Chalk Talks, you can start to see, oh, that person kind of knows their stuff or that person has the type of problem that Kelsis is really good at solving. So I think I might try to get into some of those. That's a that's a great great plan. Um, we we talked about this as well. I think the the expo floor is is a great place for that as well. That's not that's one of the things we haven't mentioned yet. So like as all technical conferences, there's an expo. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where you have hundreds of vendors offering Amazon add-ons or integrations or solutions or or guidance on the on the show floor there with booths and um, just tons of information and um it's it's really interesting to me to you know one i mean you can go speak to the vendors and find out more about what it is that they're doing and 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 see whether or not that the problem that they're solving is kind of rings a bell or it's applicable to what you're doing but it's also really interesting to hear just kind of like listening to what other people are asking as they come up to these vendors Mm -hmm. um you know it's a it's a great just reference point of kind of understanding like what are like the other, you know, the common problems that people are are facing out there, and what are the, you know, these common questions and whatnot. And sometimes what happens is you you can actually end up answering the questions for them too. I don't think sometimes right, the vendors, right. I don't think the vendors really appreciate that. But um, uh, and I would yeah. say, you know, from my experience on on Expo floor type situations, like if you're a VC or an entrepreneur, that is a good place to spend a lot of time because. There's no better insight into the market than looking at the market just all laid out there before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. The other thing that's kind of interesting about um, the expo floor at, at reInvent is that AWS itself, they they give themselves a big a big footprint there. And they it's called AWS Village. Um, and this is where all the various teams of AWS will have their own booths and they're all co-located there in that in that one area. And they bring the experts, they bring the pros. So like, these are like the, the folks actually working on those. They're not limited to just marketing folks or support folks. Like these are the people doing that, that work. So you have any deep challenging questions about um, any kind of AWS product or service, like that's a great place to hang out. It's also where, you know, again, the business people are going to be there as well. Um, Just a, a really great resource. Yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. Just, I'm just thinking about my own self and going on to, into the AWS village and essentially stalking down some of the AWS people that I follow on Twitter and meeting them in person. And, and I think that that would probably be a great place to do that type of stuff. Yeah, because, you know, as you mentioned, like a lot of these topics are, um, these sessions are content that's delivered by AWS employees mm-hmm. um, and kind of 
what I've noticed is, I mean, a lot of them will just go hang out at the village too, right? After right. sessions and whatnot. So it's, it's a, it's a great place to just to network and, uh, you know, just listen to conversations and participate yourself. Right. So and I want to talk about the keynotes next. One of the only big keynotes I've ever seen in my life is delivered by um, the former CEO of Intel, Brian Krasnich, I think was his name. Um, and before that keynote, I was just kind of joking around with a friend and talking with a friend that worked at Intel. And my friend was saying, yeah, Intel has a tendency to do uh, vision casting and strategy by keynote, which was sort of like a what? And what he, what he was saying to me is that sometimes the rest of Intel finds out what Intel's strategy is by ha- going to the keynote and listening to it. And then, oh, I guess those are the commitments we're making to the, to the world. Um, and that, I, I, you know, that's sort of a horrible thing to, to, to do as a company. And, and, you know, that particular CEO is no longer the CEO of Intel. But, uh, I, I assume that that's not what AWS does. I've never seen an Andy Jassy keynote, but, um, yeah, maybe tell me. What, what we might expect out of the keynotes. Yeah, like I said, um, last year was the first year that, that I had gone to. Um, and uh, I was really, I was super impressed with, with, with both keynotes. So there are two, key, two keynote sessions. Um, the first keynote, uh, which is on the um, Wednesday of, of reInvent Week, is done by Andy Jassy. That is a, like, it's a two and a half hour long keynote session, which like, you're like thinking, oh my goodness, like that is a long, <laughs> it's a long keynote session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that it certainly didn't feel long. I mean, it was just unbelievably jam packed with like announcements. And I remember last year, I mean, they must've announced at least 20 like major things during that one keynote session. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, each one of those announcements was like the equivalent of like a startup company, like a, or, or, you know, a smaller company, like this is what we've been working on all year. And this is this huge announcement. And we're going to go get like a round of funding based on that. Right. We're going to go raise $20 million on it. Right. Yeah. Like not a startup company with a seed round, but like a series B startup company. Sure. Like serious. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, they did 20 of those and it's almost like nonchalant. Um, like, Oh, by the way, we did, we just did this and Oh, we did this. And, um, so it's just really impressive um, on you know what it is that they are you know announcing and releasing during that session. Um, also, just um, Andy like just did a really good job of just painting the whole picture and and you know the business environment, kind of what their what their goals are, what their their mission is, the vision. Um, and you know it's one of those things where it's like it's hard not to get wrapped up into it and just really feel like the energy and the and the excitement. Um, of just being so th- there's there is a lot to be said of just being there in person experiencing it hearing it and you're like wow like these are folks they're not they are not sitting on their laurels i mean they are they are pushing full steam ahead like well, they you, are. Talk about, you talk about the vision and, and we have done sort of an aws falling over under its own weight because they're just into everything episode before and and i was like what vision could you possibly have aside from if there's a computer out there processing some information, we want that to be an AWS computer. <laughs> you know, that feels like that's what the vision is. Process yeah. all the things. Sure. I mean, it, you know, it goes back. I mean, Microsoft, uh, a computer on every desk, right? So, yeah, yeah. like, and running Microsoft software. And this right, is like, right. this is the same thing, right? It's just yeah. they want it, they want it, you know, touching AWS 
software and infrastructure and services. So it's just, there's a lot more computers now um, and it continues to grow. Right. So it's right. the, the market share is just expanding at a much faster rate. Um, and just technology is just reaching its tentacles out into so many areas and so many different niches and businesses. So um, yeah, lots of, lots of possibilities for them to, to go into. So the, so the, the, the keynote is just really, it's really cool and interesting to, to see that and to get that perspective kind of like at the, the higher level. And, and I'm sure there is a little, I mean, it's kind of hard like for, a company as big as Amazon is now and for as much stuff that they have going on for everyone to be on the same page. So I'm, I'm sure there are, you know, folks that work at Amazon that, you know, they're like, Oh wow. I didn't know that's what the, the AI ML stuff, you know, what, what they're doing over there in that team. Hey, this is rich. Please pardon this quick interruption. We recently passed an internal milestone of 10,000 listens. And I wanted to take a moment to thank you for the support. I was also hoping to encourage you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review or a rating. Positive feedback and constructive criticism are both incredibly important to us. So give us an idea of how we're doing, and we'll promise to keep publishing new episodes every week. All right, let's dive back in. Yeah, yeah. I realized what I said maybe may have been a bit confusing. I, I wanted to say that strategy by keynote literally means you aren't even sure if you're going to be able to meet the commitments that you're making during, during a keynote. So you're, you're painting a grand vision and then kind of not living up to it. That, that is sort of the, the problem in the Intel running. Right. Yeah. I don't think Amazon AWS does not have that problem. No, I, 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 I I'm pretty sure they have, I mean, just look with many companies, they have roadmaps um, and they have general outlines for like what they want to do over the next year and the next three years and, mm-hmm. and five years and whatnot. Of course, everything is changing so rapidly. Like that's got to be pretty flexible. They are mm-hmm. very well known for their, their small teams. They're, you know, two pizza teams and, and really are they, they, they're kind of um, organized and autonomous and, you know, they are known for just throwing resources at something and it may or may not you know, turn out to be something that's, that's, that's actually has a return. Right. So, and they're not afraid of that. You know what I just realized, I was thinking about what could AWS do that they're really, that they just really haven't conquered yet. Um, what area can they get into that, that's big and have, you know, it's part of the computer industry and they just, they just don't have a good solution there yet. Um, and I just was like, wait a minute, Rich is sitting right here with us. And Rich is on WordPress, and so is two thirds of the internet. And AWS does not have a, a, a content management system that I know of. And if, or if they do, it's not very popular. It's just sort of interesting to me that that's not an area that they're they put any effort into. And that's not to say that all the WordPress sites out there in the world, like probably two thirds of those, are running on AWS uh, in, in one way or another via, via third party hosting that itself is running on AWS or directly on AWS. But, but it's just kind of interesting. Like they've gotten into, into developer tools and so many other things that touch actual practitioners, uh, but they haven't tried to kill WordPress. They need to, you know, hire some UX designers before they can build a CMS. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. You can just imagine what the UI would look like for their CMS. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, it, it could just be that that um CMS gets too far into stuff that has to look nice and have UX that is laudable and that 
they're clearly that it's not their focus and has not ever been. Do you remember when Google refused to load a style sheet because they didn't want to slow things down? You know, like they came around too. Okay. So it's, you know, now, now Google Docs has, you know, the, one of the biggest style sheets. So I, I think that, you know, eventually they're going to have to go into that realm. Yeah. Maybe we'll hear about that at this reinvent. Maybe it's time. Maybe they're like, okay, we, WordPress is looking a little bit um, vulnerable because they're running on pretty old software. Could be that they decide now's the time. God, I hope not. I don't want to be a coal miner that quick. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'll, I'll take the contrarian view. Like, I don't see that happening just because I, I think they're, they're just fine with WordPress running on AWS infrastructure and the app itself. Like it's so entrenched and there's, there's not a lot of uh, business value there for them to, and, and revenue perhaps to extract for it. Instead, they'll go after things like prescription medicine. Um, sure. Healthcare, right. Um, disrupting the retail marketplace. I think that's a great point. Like thinking of it from a business perspective, the parts of the WordPress ecosystem that don't happen on AWS already are, it's marginal, you know, it's like they've already got the data, the databases are inside AWS already. The the processing has already happened inside of AWS. So the only stuff that's left is just the software that people don't even pay for. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, All right. So let's talk about some practical tips. Yeah, maybe before we move on, just um, get the, that was the oh right, yes, there's Andy, a Andy Jassy keynote, and then the second day on Thursday is when Werner Vogels gives his keynote, and he's the CTO for AWS. So um, definitely a different. This seems really typical in a lot of these conferences, right? You have the the first keynote is done with more like from the business guy, and then the second one is more the technical one, um, and so Werner gives more of the the, the technical keynote, um, kind of get painting the the strategy, the vision, like what does the future look like? Where are they going? Um, and, you know, this one, um, definitely not going to do a lot, you know, as many of announcements or whatnot, but it's, um, but it does paint the, you know, paint industry picture. It's, he's a very interest, interesting and entertaining speaker. Like he's really into it. It kind of felt um, a little bit like watching Steve Ballmer sometimes. Um, and just because of the, you know, Burners is 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 bald. Um, he's very passionate, um, but you know he was under the the hot lights up there on stage by himself, and just you know he he did a great job. It was really it was it was it was entertaining. Um, some interesting things to talk to to think about um, that he brought up. Um, so definitely definitely enjoyed it, and would recommend folks to to go see it. This is where I see it going, and you can disagree, but here's here's my loosely held strong opinion. So we talk a lot on this on this podcast about all the things you need to know in order to do a good job deploying production workloads and and deploying um, you know distributed services, and there are so many things and and really it is important to know all those things and be able to be fluent with them because every problem is different, every company is different, and and your your business. You know, the thing that works for business A might not be the best for business B. So really understanding all those things is super, super important. But it's getting too hard. And guess what? AI is coming along. And serverless computing is like the biggest thing that AWS has done recently. And and it's just like this rocket ship that's just taking off. And we've talked on MobyCast about how, eh, you know, if you really got important workloads and you really and you really are already an expert in doing this stuff. 
you know, keep doing it with the existing tools and don't go to serverless just yet. But where I, like where I see this going is that eventually things get too hard. There's too many decision points. It's just best leaving all that stuff to the machines. Let the machines figure out how they should balance workloads, how they should scale up and scale down. Let the machines figure out what should be on more available stuff, what should be on higher redundancy stuff, what should be on more expensive stuff, less expensive stuff. Let them sort that all out with AI. And I think that's basically, that's probably the mantra. I can't imagine that it's not. Make that more and more and more powerful to the point where super experts finally like push back from their desk and say, God, I can't be the expert anymore. The computers are going to have to take over for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, that's definitely possible. I, I just, um, I don't see it happening anytime in the next 25 years or so. Um, You're so wrong. But, We're going to put a MobyCast bet right now. I, I say it happens in the next 10 years. Okay, I will take that bet for sure. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will definitely take that bet. You know, Mostly it's not because necessarily the technology wouldn't be there. It's actually the people. Um, like all this stuff requires like people and process change. Mm-hmm. And people just aren't going to change that quickly. Um, it's actually one of the problems with serverless. Like it's, it sounds great. Like, okay, I don't have to manage infrastructure anymore. I don't really have to worry about ops. Um, but, and I can let someone else do it, but it does require kind of like a, um, a lot of um, people change and process change and just the way you develop software. And that's a huge, that's a huge barrier. Like it, sure. it, so, I mean, Lambda's been out since, you know, it'll be four years now, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and like how much of people's workloads actually is run on Lambda and it's just a small fraction. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, we'll check back in 2028. <laughs> <laughs> Set your alarms. <laughs> Right on. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's just spend a couple more minutes just talking about practical stuff. I, I know we also wanted to talk about what we're excited to, to see, but um, I think I think we maybe only have time to, to talk about some practical tips and, and uh, move on from there. Sure. Yeah. So, I think, you know, definitely one of the things that, to consider is just that the session catalog is just, it's massive, right? There's over 2,000 sessions over these, these five days. Um, and it's it's kind of it's it's a logistical nightmare um, because again these sessions are spread over five different venues. They actually have two staggered schedule sessions, um, so not every session is on the same. They're, they're overlapping too, right? So so you have that. So you have these two like overlapping schedules that are going on. Um, so um, it's. It's really kind of it can be kind of challenging, right? To pick out your your um, your your sessions that you want to go to, and then you also have the issue of um, lots of people are here. They do offer reserved um, registration for these sessions, um, but is they, there an aftermarket for that reserved stuff? Because I swear, it's like scalpers like took it all up within minutes. Well, what they what they do is um, they I I believe they res. They they allow up to seventy five percent of the capacity to be reserved, and then they leave twenty five percent open for for waitlist and walk ins. Um, right, right. And you know, a lot of these sessions they they may um, you know accommodate somewhere between 
two to 300 to a thousand people, depending on what room they're in. Um, and when you have over 40,000 people attending, um, doesn't take long for, you know, to get like 300 people to say, yeah, I want to reserve for that session. And then it gets filled up. So I think it turns out like it's, it's, don't, don't stress out if you can't reserve the sessions that you want to go to that, it, you know, if you get, if you have to wait list for them. For me last year, I actually wasn't, I didn't kind of, didn't realize just how big AWS is and kind of like what a circus it can be. Um, and I didn't do the pre-registration. So when I came on site, um, I was basically just looking at the agenda the night before um, and kind of planning out like what did I want, what I wanted to do. And so for almost all the sessions, I was um, waitlisting or just walking in on them. And I, I think probably a good 80% of those sessions I was able to get into. Um, they hear that they're limiting the queuing time to something like 30 minutes or an hour or something. They, I think they, they, um, they suggest you start, you, you, you line up for the, for the wait list, like 30 minutes before the session. And then for, if you're reserved, if you're not there within five minutes of the start time, you lose it. Right. Um, Right. Right. So, so the new thing this year is that they were having people kind of camping out, um, Mm -hmm. for ones that are really popular and they wanted to prevent the camp out. So now they're going to start telling people they're not allowed to line up, um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you're there more than 30 minutes before a session starts and you're wanting to wait in line, they'll tell you to shoot, go away. Mm-hmm. Which I think it's going to create, for a few sessions, it's going to create this weird, like people kind of milling about, looking around, like right around the area. And then like a, like a mad stampede to get in line right at 30 minutes before the thing starts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it, it is, it's one of those things where it's, it's just, it's something you have to experience for yourself because it's, it is kind of crazy um, when you're there on site. Like, cause a lot of these, they're in these narrow, narrowish hallways um, uh-huh. that you have like rooms on either side of the hallway. Right. And so you have like these queuing areas for each one of these sessions. Meanwhile, sessions are going on you yeah. know, in those rooms. Right. So um, there's only so much room there for people. And so, and usually there's not enough room for the wait list. And so it, it has to snake around and like, you don't even know what line you're in. Um, <laughs> but just trust in, just trust in, 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 in the cosmos that everything does kind of, it, like it, it really does kind of miraculously work out. Everyone is not happy though. Like you're just doing like, you know, people are just grumbling and griping and, um, you know, just thinking, Oh, this is just terrible. And it actually works out. Okay. So just, you know, have some patience. Um, and again, just book, you know, look, just definitely do some research on, on the agenda, kind of figure out like where you want to be like physically, like try to limit yourself to, to a venue for a few hours or, or maybe even all day. It's going to make your life a lot easier than if you're trying to like zigzag back and forth between like MGM and Venetian, that's just not going to happen. Um, you're going to end up just collapsing or you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to end up like just hanging out with Elmo there um, by the Bartel drugs or something like that. And just in, in a stupor. So, um, you know, what they could use to do a little bit of uh, crowd management is Disney theme parks really make it more pleasant for people waiting in line. <laughs> yeah. If, if, the, if they had the real, they just, they don't have the real, it's really yeah. just a, it's a real estate thing. Um, and obviously you can't, having enough like stanchions and, 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 and chain to actually keep it orderly. It just, they just don't have the real estate or the, 
just the facilities to do that. Like it's some of these, you kind of like scratch your head. It's like, really like we're going to get 5,000 people into this. This seems like this place was not designed for that. Like it kind of feels like a lot of these, like they're, they're really designed for like a thousand people. And then you try to get 5,000 people in there and it's just like, this this is, doesn't feel right. And um, a lot of the, you know, they're multi-level. So you'll be on the escalators that are going between levels and you look down and it's like, this sea of just like just ma- a mass of people and you're like oh my gosh i'm going down into that <laughs> right right so somewhere i have another practical question that is, is a real honest question i have i have been meaning to ask you this and so here we go so just talking about what to wear um you know most of the time i'm planning on being able to be fairly comfortable but but as you know, I, I may want to and need to interact with sort of executive level people um, while I'm there, particularly executive level people that work at enterprises. Um, so I was thinking, uh, maybe you should bring a blazer. But I also know it's going to be hot, and I don't really love walking from place to place when it's hot in Las Vegas, especially wearing a blazer. So just was wondering what your take is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not too terribly hot that time of year. So, okay. I mean, you know, I, I'm in a myself i think i i was always wearing like a light sweater i almost always also had a hoodie that i would you know in case especially in the like in the session rooms themselves like those are usually pretty well air conditioned and and they get chillier um but you know i'll probably wear a hoodie because that's my comfort zone but mm -hmm. but yeah when i'm maybe doing some stuff that might have me interacting with executives is what i was thinking of having the blazer available but but you know you could you could tell me right now dude, I never saw anybody in blazers. And then I'd be like, oh, then I won't bring one. Yeah. No, I mean, the, you know, it's, you, you have all, all, all sorts of folks there, right? So you, you have folks like they wouldn't even dream of going out without wearing a blazer and a white shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, there's, there's tons of that going on for the most part. Like this is a technical conference. Um, mm-hmm. So by, by and large, it's the um, t-shirts, jeans, um, sneakers, um, is, is the, uh, is the uniform cool. of the day. Um, but yeah, temperature wise that time of year, um, I remember it was, it was actually a little bit, you know, a little bit chillier than I thought it would be. I think I, I remember it being like more along somewhere between 55 and maybe 70 degrees. Um, okay, that's great. Time. so, um, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, Oh, it's, it's not quite hot enough to like, just, you know, like not that you would hang out by the pool, um, but definitely it, it was not pool weather. Hmm. Okay, good to know. Well, cool. Anything else we should discuss here? Yeah, just I mean, maybe some other tips is just like definitely I, I would suggest don't miss the keynotes, especially if you've never done that before. Like they're they are very entertaining, they're inspirational, um, and definitely worth going to. Um, especially if you can visit it in person. So they do have um, obviously. 40,000 plus folks. Um, you can't fit them all into one place really. Um, so, uh, they do, um, stream it, um, to other locations. And so like last year, one of them was at the Venetian and one was at MGM grand. Um, and so I was actually staying at the MGM grand. So I, I saw one in person and then I stayed there for the, um, on the other day just to watch the live stream and the live stream is it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but being in person is, is, was even better and more enjoyable. So if we can. Right, and I'm, I'm planning on watching the keynotes with you and maybe, and going to replay with you and then largely kind of doing our other, our own thing the rest of the time. 
Yeah. Cool. And then, um, certification exams, they, they have, um, all week you can take them there on site. Um, and it is, is there any advantage to that. I I've signed up to take one cause it's just, you know, might as well get it over with, but is there any advantage to doing it on site as opposed to not? Um, uh, well, I mean, convenience for sure. Um, is, is there, it's like, it's right there. Um, and, um, you know, might as well the, um, you do, I think you get more, um, you get your score sooner or you find out you pass like right there. No, I mean, you do that regardless of where you take it. Um, so, so that's not too different. I mean, it is run by the same, the same company that's administering the test, but they do have. Do they like slap that on, your, on your badge? Like, do they slap a little sticker on your badge? Like, uh, like sort of AWS certified. Like yeah, so yeah. Then you watch and walk around with that and you're like, dude, I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. You could say that. I mean, but the thing is, is like, you look around it's like, there's a lot of people there with certification, certification stickers on their badges. Um, <laughs> Well, so then if you're walking around with that one, then you're like, oh man, maybe I better go get certified. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah, with that one, yeah, for sure. And, and you'll need that to get into the certification lounges, um, okay. which, which are, can kind of, they can be nice. Um, they have a, a few of these spread out over the various venues, and sometimes it's a nice place to take a break. So if you are certified and if you do have that sticker on your badge, you can duck in there and play some arcade games or get some cookies, um, some snacks. Get a coke or whatnot. Well, I'm scheduled for eight a.m. Monday, so the whole rest of the conference will be easy street for me. Okay, yeah, that's that's good to get it get it done early and out of the way. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, they 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 do have um, you know the AWS employees are there um, as well, so I think that's kind of a, one of the more benefits of doing this doing this here. So, um, like when I took this exam, I took an exam last year at reInvent and passed it. And um, they were uh, asking for volunteers um, to be in their SME program. Um, and so I was like, yeah, sure, sign me up. Um, and it was because of that that I then got invited to participate in the um, exam topic writing workshop. And so that's something you definitely won't get if you just walk into one of the testing centers, you know, that are spread, spread out across any other location. So mm-hmm. that's sure. a, definitely a whole episode on your experience with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, um, and it's just kind of fun just to do it there, right. To be, I mean, it, it's definitely, it's a lot more exciting. Like when you, when you're taking the exam offsite, you know, throughout the rest of the year, you're just going to some testing center where people are taking they're doing exam every kind of exam under the sun right yeah, they're doing the gre or the lsat or whatever yeah, exactly um versus here it's just everyone is taking you know an aws certific- certification exam so there's there's definitely a bit more energy and um uh it's it's just it's definitely it's a funner environment to do it so i would if you if you're thinking about taking it definitely do it there and then bring good shoes because you're gonna walk a lot <laughs> right on will do yeah your Fitbit will be happy with you. <laughs> so I think we should wrap it up there. We went a little longer than usual, um, but maybe um, that'll help tide you over, dear listener, because we're going to take the week of Thanksgiving and the week of reInvent off, and we'll be back uh, December 5th, which is the Wednesday after reInvent. So we'll miss you. But if you're going to go, be at reInvent and you're listening to me now, I would love to meet you. So send us a note and and we can say hi. All right. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, dear listener, you made it to the end. 
We appreciate your time and invite you to continue the conversation with us online. This episode, along with show notes and other valuable resources, is available at mobicast.fm forward slash 36. If you have any questions or additional insights, we encourage you to leave us a comment there. Thank you, and we'll see you again in a few weeks.